Welcome to My American Vida. I'm your host, Leisa Carrillo, and this is my podcast where I will share the story of my life growing up in Cuba and how I came to live here in America. I will share my journey to becoming an entrepreneur with the people who have helped and inspired me along the way. Turn in once a month to enter into my world, to grow personally and professionally. My mission for you to know is, don't wait for someone to tell you you are good enough. Because you know what? You already are. so happy that we have this time to connect and I can't wait for the audience to know a little more about you. I know that you're an extraordinary Cuban immigrant that have made it in America and I love In Forever uh, Curls and here on the podcast to share more about people like you. So let's start with introducing Grecia and can you tell us a little bit about who you are in a short version, so the audience get to know you more. Um, I'm an immigrant. I'm a mom. I'm a mompreneur, like I like to call it. Um, a mompreneur. I'm an activist as well. Um, yeah, you know, I'm just an interested individual. My friends will say she's an interested individual. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love her. Um, can you kind of explain to us what inspires you to become an entrepreneur and how you beginning um, on this um, journey was? Because for all of us, it's different. And I know that we can mm -hmm. learn from each other at all times and get inspired. And I know there's a lot of people up there that I'm thinking about it. Or they feel because yeah. they immigrate to this country, um, they have to just work for somebody, have three jobs, and they don't have opportunity to maybe showcase their dreams. So tell me yeah. how you did it and how you became. So um, my entrepreneurship started actually in Cuba because, as you know, the, the economical system in Cuba is just different from the rest of the world, right? What we call la lucha, el fuego. We gotta, we gotta go out and get it. <laughs> so, so you, so then I lived in Guyana for some years, and the first thing I did, I opened um, like a salsa studio, and I was teaching Guyanese how to dance salsa. My brother kind of helped me. My brother was like, "Yes, come on, do it." I wasn't a professional dancer, but I'm like, I know how to do it. I can do it. I'm gonna get it done, and that's how I started my journey as an entrepreneur. I love that. I love that. And I remember me having three jobs as well, going to beauty school in the morning, um, you know, beauty is my second career. And it was tough. People don't even know how hard it is to wake up in the morning after you uh, work in a nightclub or in a bar 
uh, and you know, trying to just have a normal day like everybody else. I felt that I always was tired. I always was sleepy. <laughs> I was hot. <laughs> I can imagine. Yes. I, I can only imagine. It's a, and we think that that's the only way. You have to work. You got to work hard. You got to work two, three, five jobs. You don't sleep until you make it. Yeah. And I, I, I know that you're really spiritual, and I know we're going to go over that a little bit, but I feel like people doesn't know the money's energy sometimes, right? And I had to realize, Grecia, that I was stopping myself to making a lot of money because of my past. You know, every year when my dad was alive, I was going to Cuba, and I could see the poverty. And, see mm -hmm. the poverty. and then I just didn't realize that I was deserving of their life. I shouldn't be holding back. So I would come into America, maybe I have like a really nice car, but I could afford an expensive car, but I wouldn't buy it, right? Because I was like, oh, I'm spending this much amount of money. What about them over there? I was constantly living mm. on my past and I wasn't giving myself the grace to like enjoy what I have on the present, right? Because a lot of things kind oh of my God. hold us back, right? Especially with money. Um, also with beauty, right? My mom never took me to a hair salon growing up, or I never got my nails done constantly. You know, you know, in Cuba, that's luxury. So here, yes. I was afraid to charge more because I never spend money on that. So, you know, you, you have those things that trick you in your head and you think other people wouldn't spend it, right? And it's mm. better, right? When you get to separate the things and you like, you know, you separate your- That's so powerful. Yeah. That's so powerful that you're sharing that because we do come with that lack mentality. We come with that lack mindset. And we make our life, we make that lack mindset our foundation. And we need to learn to separate our upbringing and that only happens through healing. Our upbringing and the way we were raised and the lack mindset and understand that just that's just a part of us, but it's not our nature, our true nature. And that abundance is good and it's good to live well and it's good to have a great life. Why not? <laughs> you know? or how you emigrate from Cuba to America and how mm -hmm. it passed because I know all of us have one and I, I want to hear about yours I I immigrated from first to Guyana actually I lived in Guyana almost five years before I came to the United States you know this in Cuba we a lot of people we're looking for a way out we're looking for a visa a way out of that regime and I was one of those so um I had, we had to do the whole process through a third country I shoot Guyana because I already had my dad there my dad had left Cuba and was living there already so that's how and tell me how your background and this will be back to what we just had the conversation tell me how you yes Cuban background like you know all of us um, yes. Influence on the approach that you have on your entrepreneurship and in your business today, because I know in my case, 
we didn't even have credit cards, credit. We don't understand no. how, you know, outside Cuba works. So, yes. how, I mean, I know Guyana, of course, was your, uh, your bridge to what is your mm-hmm. day, but did that stop you, you know, not knowing how you got to become an entrepreneur with that background of not knowing mm-hmm. Because I read so many books. I have like paid for so much education in order to figure out things because I didn't even know yes. what a business LLC was, you know? No, yeah, because in Cuba, we don't really, we do not have any financial education. We don't have financial education. The Cuban financial system is uh, made up. They they make the rules as it comes. There is like three, three currencies running in throughout the country. You don't even know if it's coming or going. One day the dollar is illegal. Next month when they, 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 they put it back in circulation. It's crazy. You know, there is no credit system. There is none of that stuff. They do not teach you financial literacy at all. What made me and what gave me the strength in my entrepreneurship journey was knowing that I couldn't fail. It's like, I, I cannot fail because I was given a chance and an opportunity that thousands of Cubans would have died, actually did, crossing the ocean to have this opportunity. And I was given this opportunity. I'm here. So I cannot afford to fail because you can fail, give up. I cannot afford to give up. I will try again. And I will try one more time. And I will try one more time. There is something about us immigrants. We hungry, baby. We want to make it. <laughs> okay? We are not taking a no for an answer. And if you say no one time, we're going to knock on another door until we get the yes. We are hungry. The hunger we have, and I'm speaking for the immigrants I know. So that's that was my inspiration. It's like, man, I have a chance. I have an opportunity that a lot of black Cuban women that left behind did not have. So I cannot afford to mess this up. I have to make it work. So that's my drive. (laughs) And my children, of course. My children. It's so good that you're saying that, Grecia. And I'm on this side of the screen getting emotional because I feel totally the same. And I remember, I know in your case, now that you mentioned Black, Latina, or Black Cuban, or whatever, Mm-hmm. Remember, in my case, my dad, they suffered from, from a slavery, from, I mean, can I even tell you, he went through a lot. He remembered, mm-hmm. he always told me, you can never, I don't want you to try to be the first one. You have to be the first one on the line. I don't, mm-hmm. if you're trying to be, we have to prove that we are not stupid that we are not less, that we deserve the same opportunity. You can be poor, mm. but you have to be clean and you have to be smart. And people need to know it. You have to walk on the room and people have to look around and know who you are. You cannot feel Ooh. small by any way possible. He would always tell me that. Feeling small is feeling you a victim. And that is not what the legacy that our family wants. And we already went through a lot. He would always say that. On history, we already went through a lot. So when you walk in a room, you have to be with your head up and you have to tell everybody who you are. And everybody has to know that. 
And I remember, yeah. right? So even changing careers and all of that was like, oh my God, I cannot be a mediocre. <laughs> I cannot be just a hairdresser, you know? There might be something bigger for me, you know what I mean? So no matter what is small or big, the steps that I have taken in life, and all we have is boys in one ear telling me, okay, that's a matter if you want to just be a garden or raise flowers, I don't know, grow flowers from your backyard, I don't care, but make sure be the best. everybody knows what kind of garden are you and what are you growing in your backyard, you know, like I'm like always doing things with intention and like looking around okay is that have an intention is that serve my energy and that is what i want to do what is the purpose behind what i'm adding to society doing that you know and i think yes. this lead us to the next question because i love how spiritual you are and i know that's a little bit more part of your business i think it's just your well-being your life i know when people are like you that is not just the business, it's just how you believe life should be lived, right? Yes. And I know that you have a Patreon. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Yes, I have a Patreon. Yes, I have yes. a Patreon. Um, so can you explain to me what is that and what it that means? And um, I don't know. I want to know everything about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. More than my lifestyle, like you say, I turn it into a business. But that does not mean that it's not my lifestyle. It is my lifestyle. It's what I do. I just found a way to monetize it and to understand that my blessing was on the other side of service. I was, I was, I'm serving humanity with what I do and I'm just being compensated for it. So, um, but since two years ago, by the way, today is the anniversary of the July 11 protests. When the July 11 protests happened in Cuba, my page started turning a little bit more activism because I raised my voice and my voice was very loud um, and it made me viral several times some of the stuff that I've said um, so my page have been taken over for my, my activism so I created the patreon which is a subscription based uh, platform um, people pay a monthly fee and they have exclusive content there so we have meetings we have seminars we have classes um i do private readings for over there for my girls i call them my mermaids those are my miserenitas <laughs> so i got my mermaids there we're like a big family uh very welcoming and you know it's it's, it's kind of like safe because my page had become as you know very controversial with my opinions and the stuff that i say and i really don't care but when it comes to my spiritual community i want to keep them safe from all of that so that's why i created the patreon i love it i love it, it makes so much sense you know um because at least you can dedicate content specific for their need so do you also yeah. host events um publicly like or just for the group no, I do. I do. I have an event which I have to bring it back um, this year because, again, because of the activism, I had kind of slack a little bit on it. I have an event that's called Witches and Wine. You need to come to one of my events. <laughs> it's called I Witches and Wine. <laughs> I take it all over the country. I go to different cities. I've never been to the West Coast. I have to go to the West Coast. Um, but I take it to different cities. And one of the reasons why I did that is because I wanted to take my, my Instagram followers from behind the phone 
into a public setting. The chismosa. I wanted to see their faces. I wanted to see who was behind the phone. And also create a space, a space for people that are spiritual, that like to, you know, that believe in crystals, that believe in astrology, that believe in the moon, you know, whatever the belief is, to have a, a, a very safe space. They can come judgment-free. They can get their tarot readings. We got vendors. We have food, lots of wine, of course, and all of which is a wine. Love it, love it, love it, love it. So yes. I have a question here because I want to know a little more about Havana Love for Sale. And I think oh. I saw a little piece of an interview. I don't remember who it was. And I was so resonate to what the whole concert was about. Uh, like mm -hmm. I said, I grew up as a ballerina. So I did ballet, contemporary dance. But when I got to Havana to the National School of Art, that's when reality hit, right? Sometimes mm. there, were, there were times that we just on Fifth Avenue just to see who could take us to a restaurant. We're, we're hungry. Like, we were just using yes. our beauty as being John, and we would just be basically trying to find who could, like, invite us to a dinner. I remember even by my school was this uh, pizza place. And I remember we would get all dolled up. We would dress as nice as we could. And we would just dance in front of the pizzeria, in front of the pizza place, in order to see who will be like, oh, my God, you girls are cute. Uh, here wow. the Here's the pizza, right? So I know a lot about, I mean, everything related with what I heard on the in on the interview, I don't want to kind of like talk over you what that is about, but um, I want to hear from you why you create that. What is that about? Because I felt yeah. so connected when you did. I was like, oh my gosh, I know what she's talking about. <laughs> you were out, guys, just to like have something to eat, you know? What is Havana Love for Sale? Okay, so Havana Love for Sale is a project uh, that we are working on. Um, I'm actually, um, we are right now, we have a fundraiser to, to impulse this project, to make sure that it comes out. It is a bilingual project. I want it to be bilingual because I'm exposing sexual tourism in Cuba. The situation with sexual tourism in Cuba is different from the rest of the world because um, the the very same system that we're supposed to trust it it kind of push us to having to exchange you know our body for literally shop change. <laughs> so you know a lot of people they go to Cuba um, and they don't they do not go to Cuba just because of the ocean being blue and the water and the sand being white. You can find that in Dominican Republic. You can find that in Barbados. You can find that in Jamaica. They go because the sex is cheap it's, it, and it's, it's, it's available. Anybody, anybody. Um, um, again, Havana Lost for Sale is the, the story of eight women, eight women, including mine. And when I tell you, listen, and you should know because, you know, you're Cuban and you, you saw it firsthand. There is people that study medicine, that are doctors that had to do it. There is people that are dancers that had to do it. There is people that are that, that went to engineering school that had to do it. You know, um, it's not just 
for marginalized women is not just for uneducated women. That is a lie. When it comes to Cuba and sexual tourism, it's a, it's the, it's a very different set of rules. So that's the exposure that will be um, that we are giving it with the Havana Look for Sale project. And right now, you know, trying to trying to uh, get all the funds that we need because I also want to turn it into like a, either a documentary or a short movie. Goodness, I love, 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 and I'm definitely would love to support all the way because um, I mean I feel it's important. I feel it's important to literally unveil Cuba to the world. I think for the longest yes. time everything has been protected by the government in a way that I don't know. People think Cuba is peaches and roses, yes. <laughs> you know? and peaches and creams, and everything is beautiful and blue and. I mean, unicorns, <laughs> and people are beautiful. Don't you know? We shouldn't say that people are not. People have beautiful hearts. They're so passionate. They work hard. But there is so much darkness, right, between the government, the system, the way we live. The people doesn't know. So thank yes. you for creating something like this. So you say, so far, isn't a book yet. You or it's a book that you're planning to have a documentary. No, so I haven't. So I started writing, but I haven't. We haven't done any process of editing or anything like that. Right now, we are getting the funds together so that um, I can sit. Because as an entrepreneur, as you know, <laughs> as an entrepreneur, um, you know, I it's my responsibility. You know, my children, my home, and all, not all of that stuff. So part of the funds, part of the funds is for me to be able to sit. And not have to worry about you know running my business or having to to hustle so hard so that I'm able to just sit and writing, um, do the editing process, then the publishing process, then then we are going on a, a tour because I want to present the book, and again I want to do it bilingual. I want to do it in English and Spanish, um, present it all over the the country. If we could go international, much better. And I already have is is by the way is a Cuban filmmaker documentary. Um, um, they are two brothers, Los Hermanos Saborin, the Saborin brothers. Um, and I had them as a guest in my own podcast. Um, and they already say yes to the project. They like, yep, just let us know, and we're ready to start filming. So yeah, that's so. We, but we're working on it. We are working on it. And like, just like I said, we are, you know, getting the funds together. So your help will be much appreciated and the help of anybody that would like to participate. Love it. Love it. I'm going to make sure that I get all the details at the end of this podcast so I can share it on my social and I can add it right here when this podcast goes live. Gracia, you are such an amazing woman, and I'm so happy that I got to connect with you today. Before we end in this, I hope that is not the last one. Can you give some words of advice for those immigrants that just mm -hmm. the United States, or they just being new to being a businesswoman? Um, mm -hmm. what would be something that you want everybody to take from today's um, experience that you have been um, having? I don't remember when you say you moved, but since you have been 
here in the United States? Any piece of advice? Yes. So I would advise them not to give up. Not to give up. Um, if something does not work out the way you expect, try something new. If something does not go the way you thought it was going to go, don't give up. Try something new. Another um, advice I will give is invest in yourself and invest in your financial education. It's important to invest in yourself. And the investment not only can be money, it could be time because time is valuable as well. But take the time to educate yourself financially. You have to know how the system works. You got to know the ins and outs. You got to know how the system works. Um, promote yourself. <laughs> if you're already an entrepreneur and you have a business, you have a product, do not get tired of promoting yourself. People need to know that you're out here. People need to know what you have to offer and people need constant reminders. Don't get tired every day. Promote yourself. Let them know, hey, I got this. I got this. I'm selling this. Do you remember? You said, yes, I got this. Network. Networking is crucial. It's about who you know, baby. Network. Get pretty, get presentable, and go to meetings. Go to, you know, go to um, um, seminars. Uh, uh, support other entrepreneurs. Network, baby. Networking. Networking is key. That would be my advice. <laughs> that would be my advice. Love it. Thank you for that because I, I mean, I believe in <laughs> in networking and connecting and using social. That is our new TV. That's what I tell people. Yes. Oh, look at the kids. Where are they? Twenty four seven. You know, there is no such a thing. And going on the TV to get to see what is going on in the world. I I tell people I don't even have a TV at home, and sometimes they get surprised. I'm like, I don't need it. I don't watch TV. I don't want to get distracted. And if I need to know what is going on, is a hurricane coming or anything happening in the world, it's in social media. <laughs> I'm in social media a lot because I work a lot on social media. So I'm like, I can get it from there. And mm -hmm. my clients sometimes they're like, really? I was like, no, I haven't had a TV in a couple of years or more. And I've been fine. I haven't even, like, think that something is missing. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Gracia. You're so amazing. And I can't wait to reconnect. I can't wait to share all of this goodness here and to the rest of the audience. Once again, thank you so much for your time. I love you. And I thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. Like, your social inspiration is like, wow, another fellow Cuban making it. Yes, baby. It's like, it, it makes me so happy to see you thrive, to see you grow, to see you, you know, being so influential. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for the opportunity. Thank you so much for inviting me to your podcast. I really, really appreciate you.
Ah, buscar la salida, si ya se adelanta.